Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Peace be with you. For our emphasis sake, allow me to reread Luke 10, 5 through 6 before delving into today's message. And again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. My covenant family, we live in a world today where calamity and chaos are all around us. Deceit and destruction are topics of breaking news and extreme violence seems to be weekly occurrences everywhere from churches to schools to concerts. Where is the peace? Our elementary school age children are so overcome and overwhelmed with bullying that they decide to take their own lives. Fake reality television has become the standard in which many teenagers and young adults have formulated their ideologies in living their lives. And almost every single day, there's a new allegation of domestic violence sexual assault and harassment, and human trafficking against those that have been held in high regard for years. Where is the peace? Social media has been inundated with people posting heartbreaking and negative videos, as well as folks venting about betrayals and friendships, dissipated partnerships, and fractured relationships. People are being shot over road rage, babies are being left in cars, and inflation has many families choosing between food and shelter. Where is the peace? And as if that wasn't enough, we have a nauseating political divide sweeping across this country that has spewed over into our communities that make our justice systems look like a joke and make it almost impossible to have healthy school environments. Again, I ask, where is the peace? In the scriptures that were read for your hearing, Jesus sends out 72 disciples two by two with a mission to give people an opportunity to learn and hear about him and accept him. With this mission, they were also given specific instructions such as not to carry money, or a traveling bag, or to have an extra pair of sandals for their feet, or to even speak to anyone. Odd instructions for someone that's traveling, but especially if you are sending people into unknown territory, spreading a message that they were here for the first time. They had no money to buy food, nothing to put goods in, And above all else, they were not able to change out their shoes and would have to walk barefoot if something happened to the shoes they had on. 
You would think Jesus would want them to be fully equipped for whatever came their way as they set out to share his message. However, Jesus wanted them equipped in a different way. He wanted these disciples to go with a heart of compassion and to put their trust in God, hence sending them out as lambs among wolves. He didn't want them to be distracted and thrown off course. He didn't want them relying solely on themselves, but to rely on him every step of the way. The intentionality behind the implementation and these instructions were so that the disciples would encourage one another along the journey and appear as humble to those they encountered. However, there is one instruction that struck me, and those were the words of verses five and six. Whenever you enter someone's house, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. It struck me primarily because in our faith tradition, Sunday after Sunday, we pass the peace, as we did not too long ago in service and offer the words, peace be with you, with the response being? The blessing of peace sounds really good, but as I asked in the beginning, I ask now, where is the peace? This common Jewish practice of speaking peace to someone isn't just a lighthearted greeting. So allow me for the next few minutes to explore this text for us to leave here with a message as well as a mission. The first thing is peace is a proclamation. The Greek word for peace used in this passage is pronounced as irene, which widely translated is well-being. Before any one of the disciples were to enter someone's house, they spoke a message of peace over them. Before they received food and drink, before they had somewhere to lay their heads, and before they moved forward with the mission of sharing about the kingdom of God, they spoke peace over the household. This wasn't just a greeting. It was meant to also speak to the physical, emotional, mental, financial, spiritual, and certainly eternal well-being of the recipient. When we utter the words, peace be with you, the same heart and the same intention should be present as it was when Jesus's instructions to the disciples were to first proclaim a blessing of peace over the households they visited. These three words aren't just an empty greeting but a proclamation that remind us that our words have significant power. We must ask ourselves beyond Sunday morning when we pass the peace, what are we speaking over someone's household? Are we demonstrating the very peace we spoke to those that need it? By definition, peace is calmness, it's harmony, it's tranquility. And it is imperative that our actions line up with our words as men, women, and children following Christ. Our society is already ravaged with hatred and havoc, and it is incumbent upon us not to only speak peace, but to be peace. 
Sometimes it may mean that we have to accept apologies we may never receive. It may mean for us to be adamant about forgiving others and giving ourselves closure to move on so that we can live our lives peacefully. It may also mean that we forgive ourselves because we owe it to ourselves to not dwell on the coulda, shoulda, woulda of a situation. It is then we can surely walk in peace with our brothers and our sisters and have it within ourselves. Secondly, I was shown that peace is a promise. What I love about this two-part instruction that Jesus gave the disciples is that it cost them nothing. They lost nothing, and yet they gained everything, the promise of peace. In verse 6, Jesus instructs the disciples that if those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Jesus promises them that even if the household they have entered isn't peaceful and won't accept their message, they won't lose their peace. I mean, think about it. They left everything they had to pursue this mission and were guaranteed that even if they were rejected by those they encountered, they still had peace. Sit with that for a moment. No matter what happens, good, bad, or indifferent, I, you, we have that same promise of peace when we are rejected because of our skin color, political affiliation, denominational differences, socioeconomic status, lifestyle choices, and everything in between, there is still the promise of peace. Jesus promised us this in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Though we are in the world, we are not of the world. But understand that the caveat to this promise, though, is that it comes from God through Jesus. Our troubles and our issues and our hardships don't disappear, but through Jesus we give up the notion to worry over what we have no control over. And we set out to be witnesses and sharing the good news. We do so without reservation on whether the message will be accepted or rejected. We stand firm on our faith in hopes that others will want to experience the Jesus by who we have peace. My brothers and my sisters, you know this is the end goal, the perfect peace that Isaiah 26 and 3 tells us about. The peace that surpasses all understanding that we're encouraged with in Philippians 4 and 7. A peace that keeps us calm during life's many storms. Yes, the life-giving, the life-saving, and the life-sustaining peace. The peace that reminds us that God is in control and has everything under control. And when we relinquish our control over to God and are faithful to him, peace inhabits every area of our lives. That's the divine promise we've been given. 
and the promise that will be fulfilled through God's grace and God's mercy. And lastly, peace is for preparation. Yes, preparation. Preparing who or what, you might ask. Well, preparing ourselves, preparing others, and most assuredly, preparing the way for our coming Christ. This piece was part of the instructions Jesus gave the 72 disciples for ministry. This piece prepares us to be in right relationship with one another so that when the kingdom of God comes, we are ready. How beautiful is that? But how do we accomplish this? I'm glad you asked. We accomplish this by continuing to share the message of Jesus, and for those that receive it, the kingdom of God will come. We've all heard or seen the phrase, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. But God prepares our hearts to speak to those that don't look like us, think like us, act like us, sound like us, and even believe like us so that this message of faith is available to all. There will be those that refuse us, but it is essential that we take this peace everywhere we go. We take this peace into our schools, through our children, so that their lights shine brightly to their peers and teachers. We saturate our communities with this same peace through social activism and advocacy, so that equality as well as equity is achieved. We demonstrate this peace on our jobs by standing up for what's right, even if we are the only ones standing. We send this peace into our jails, our hospitals, and our nursing homes so that hope abounds. And we live this peace in our homes, so that those we love and care for can experience God. Take this peace wherever you go and offer it to everyone you meet. Remembering that peacemaking is not an optional commitment. It is a requirement of our Christian faith. We are called to be peacemakers, not by some movement of the moment, but by our Lord Jesus Christ. So my Covenant Presbyterian Church family, again I say to you, peace be with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.